I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's go. go. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. The revolution will not be televised. Show me my respect. And bow down. We own ya. We own ya. We only get you started now. Cause we own ya. Everybody think they know me now. Cause we own ya. You and not my What's up, everybody? We are back with Pause for Popcorn. Uh, tonight, we're going to be reviewing Black Panther. Uh, I'm joined with uh, Chris and Justin. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey. Hey, how's it going? Uh, before we get too much further, I want to make sure we're actually live. Um, <laughs> let me just visit our Twitch page. I don't want to record 10 minutes and then find out i got to start over. Uh, but yeah, everything looks good. Uh, so we'll get rolling. Um, I'll dive right into it. Before we start, I kind of wanted to get everyone's thoughts on the MCU as a whole, because I feel like uh, a lot of times when we hear about opinions about these movies, um, it helps to color that uh, if we know whether someone hates these movies or not, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure none of us are in that camp, but I uh, just wanted to feel you guys out and uh, see where you're at kind of on the as a whole, or I guess specifically Phase 3, I feel like um, they've really kind of started figuring out things lately in the last few movies. Um, but Chris, why don't you go first? All right, sure. Um, MCU overall, I like it. Uh, I want to say that Phase 2, I wasn't as hot on it, I guess you could say. Like, I really liked the early stuff. Phase 2, I wasn't as hot on. Phase 3, I feel like they really come around and... They've done a lot of more unique kind of experimental almost movies this this phase, and I'm really digging mm-hmm. it so far. Um, I wouldn't call myself a super fan of the MCU, but I mean, I go see all the movies, so you know, it's not like I'm, I'm well, uh, you know, I go see all the DCU movies, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> do you though? Do you? <laughs> I, I do. I, I swore after Batman vs Superman, I was like, okay, that's fine. These just aren't for me. That's it. Okay. I'm like gonna wait till Justice League's out, and then it rolls around, and like you just need to be part of the conversation. Like I just need mm-hmm. to know uh, what people are talking about. Yeah, that's about. fair. That's yeah. fair. And then and then if you criticize it, you're like justified because you're like I've seen this movie. I know what's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not a big into the DCU, but you know MCU movies. I really I really liked. I've really loved Phase Three so far uh, a lot. Like I've really liked what they did with Spider Man. I mm-hmm. like what they did with Thor. I've, I like Black Panther, obviously. We'll talk about that in a second, but yeah. yeah. How about you, Justin? Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been big into the MCU basically since the day it started. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been very, um, very on board. And I've been extremely pleased like with Phase 3 in particular. Um, they've really, really um, upped a lot of the characterization stuff that I've been really hoping for for a while out of these movies. And I've been quite pleased with that. Yeah, I think um, 
like like Chris said, they've really found the groove in how to make uh, different styles and different tones, but that all still feel ho- cohesive, if that makes sense. Um, and I I like that. We'll talk about Black Panther again, obviously, but um, Thor was fine as like a strict comedy, but I'm glad they're not going that route with everything. And uh, you know, as for myself, I've it's kind of weird to me. Like I read a bit of Spider-Man growing up. He was the only superhero that like I gave a shit about. And, but other than that, I was like never in a comic. So like when these movies started, part of it was like, it was like a whole new thing for me. Whereas a lot of people, I think the appeal is seeing these pages and characters they've loved forever come to life on the screen. But for me, it's like, I don't know anything. I, I want to find out more about each of these characters and how they all fit in. And it's died down a little bit. I remember in phase one, it was like an event every time a movie came out. And leading up to the Avengers, like, I haven't felt that same hype, but the movies have gotten consistently better, I think. Um, Like you said, phase two was a little bumpy. And I think that was part of the transition phase where they were trying to figure out, um, you know, how to start not being shoehorned into having to have everything tie in together in certain ways and allowing them to breathe on their own. Um, But definitely, uh, you know, I like all the movies to a degree, even the ones I'm kind of lukewarm on, like, uh, you know, most people like Iron Man 2, um, it still has, like, it's not a bad movie. I can't pick out one movie and said, like, because when people talk about bad movies, I think, like, Catwoman or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, the original Daredevil or, like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they're all competently acted, competently shot, scored pretty well, even if it's not memorable. Like, they're, they're decent productions, whether or not they're that memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely not without their flaws either. You know, the first time the, I think the origin, uh, cliche really got to me was Dr. Strange. And I really like a lot of that movie, but that was the first time I remember thinking like, okay, <laughs> like Here another, we go again. <laughs> another 30 or 40 minutes of watching him get his powers. Like at this point, we just want to see them start the movie doing their superhero thing. I feel like, yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, uh, let's get into the Black Panther. What did you guys think? I thought it was great. Okay, you can go, go first. Go ahead. Sorry, I know I didn't know who was going first. Yeah, uh, I thought it was great. It was. I didn't go in with a lot of. I I try not to go in with without with knowing a whole lot because, like you said, Jeff, I mm-hmm. read some comics growing up, but I wasn't like big into them. So, like Black Panther was a completely new character for me. I didn't really have a lot of expectations. So I went in pretty. You know, I watched the trailer, but that's I didn't read about it or anything. And I was very surprised at how much. I liked the movie. Granted, I usually like MCU movies a decent amount, but this was really good. I loved how standalone it was, I guess. Like, it had a really self-contained story. All the characters were really great. Uh, The villain was probably my favorite villain in the entire MCU, I'm not going to lie. And I really... A lot of some some of the MCU movies have you know characterization issues like you really only feel for the hero, but in this one I kind of like felt for every character in the movie. I was like, okay, I can get why you're doing the things you do. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. I think a great example is like, and when you talk about the other characters, think of Thor or Thor: The Dark World, which is now a meme. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't think about that one too much. <laughs> but I mean, like. I remember watching Ragnarok when they kill off the, what are they, the Warriors 3 or whatever, mm-hmm. and I just felt like nothing. I was like, I, I know these are his best friends, but I never <laughs> felt like I knew any of them. Like, there was no attachment it, to it. It, was, it took me a second to realize that they were the same people. I was like, oh, it's those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Well. And they were just brushed aside like an afterthought, but that's what a lot of the, you know, 
Marvel puts all their focus on the heroes, I think a lot of times to the expense of their villains, because um, that's where their strengths are. But this one, like you said, like all like uh, Shuri and um, sorry, you'll forgive me if I can't remember some of the names. Um, but uh, Danai Guerrero's character, uh, Okoye. Oh God, I'm I'm gonna butcher these pronunciations, but like everyone in this movie, I felt like had something to do, had a purpose, and was just really well developed and uh, unique and served. Like in a way, I don't think Chala would have been like uh, a lot of the supporting characters were the heroes in this. Basically, where would he be without his sister, or uh, you know the Dora? Mer- oh my God, help me out. Dorum something I don't yeah basically his his guard right Dora he's got like a, yeah yeah Dora Milaje yeah. thank you mm-hmm. um, but definitely the supporting cast really is what elevated this I think to kind of that upper tier that we always talk about yeah Shuri was great his sister she was Shuri was excellent I was I loved her at like um when she's doing like the whole like Q gadget walkthrough and <laughs> everything like. Um, you know, that I thought, sorry, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit on this, but, like, I loved how that scene served as simultaneously, like, a really good, like, introduction to, you know, kind of the deeper parts of her character and how she relates to, Mm -hmm. um, T'Challa and, like, how he operates as Black Panther, but, like, also, like, a really great intro to Wakandan tech and everything, too, Mm -hmm. um, which was, which was really neat, um, plus it was just a fun scene. (laughs) Yeah, it was really I should have mentioned this earlier, um, so I will say it now for us and for anyone who might be listening to this. This is a spoiler podcast. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so you don't need to dance around anything. You can jump to any part of the movie. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, get out right now because <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it. Okay, good, because I, you know, I, I didn't know. I was like, hmm, I don't know if I should say anything about that. Uh, character. Yeah, I think before I might have done it, but I, you can't talk about things without really being able to dig into everything uh, that happens. its I, I don't know how you have a good discussion like that. So, And especially with this movie, I feel like there's so much going on, like, new. Like, mm-hmm. this is so new to the MCU. There's not a lot of crossover characters in it. Mm-hmm. So to talk about it without talking about any of the new characters, I mean, everything we say yeah. will be, would it be a spoiler, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I liked... Killmonger a lot. Like I thought he was a fantastic villain. I really, really liked him. Uh, I also liked the the guy that he was with in the beginning of the movie. He was kind of the psycho guy. I don't remember his name. Uh, Claw. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. he was fun as well. Uh, was, but I just thought the, the villains were great. In this movie. Claw was interesting. Like he stuck. I remember seeing him in Age of Ultron really briefly, mm-hmm. and I got kind of like this badass vibe from him. And I still got that in this one. But as it goes on, he's really unhinged. He and is. He's I think just kind of crazy. I think Andy Serkis played it really well. He might have gone close to that line of going a little too over the top, but um, I think he reeled it in when he needed to, and he had some fun with the character, which I love to see because it's kind of a contrast to, uh, um, you know, Killmonger's his very serious, very believable motivations, and then on the other side, you've kind of got him teamed up with Claw, who's, from my perspective, just kind of a lunatic like he's a loose cannon he's yeah just, exactly he's not as calculated for sure um yeah so i mean all the characters were just i thought really fantastic and you, this is one of the um the most recent mcu films i can think of that were the i guess it to an extent thor ragnarok uh, when i'm talking about the music 
a lot of times the music isn't bad, but uh, when I come out of the movie, I can't really think of any points it's that it stood just out just kind of there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, and this one, I remember just specific scenes where it was really well used and interesting use of licensed music too, which is something we don't see very often uh, in the MCU, except I guess from uh, you know Thor, we had uh, Led Zeppelin twice. <laughs> the same and and the stuff that Tony would play, like yeah, yeah he'd play like ACDC or whatever all the time. <laughs> and, and, um, but I remember when they come through the jungle into Wakanda for the first time, like it's just I don't know, and the African like the tribal beats, mm-hmm. um, everything from the aesthetic to the music, just it helps give it that distinctive flavor. That again, I haven't really felt from one of these movies before. Yeah, it was very different than every other MCU movie I've ever seen, mm-hmm. which I like a lot. Like, even if I didn't know this was part of the MCU in any way, it would have still been like, you know, going in and knowing nothing about it, it would still have been a hell of an entertaining movie because, you know, it doesn't have it doesn't have a lot of. I mean, it obviously, has a lot to do with the rest of the MCU. But while you're watching it, you're not really thinking about all the ramifications. You're thinking about T'Challa and Wakanda and the story that's there and I really liked that whole aspect of it. Wakanda was yeah. kind of a character in and of itself in a way like the way that it works. And one of the things I loved about this movie is how like personal it felt um a lot more so than a lot than many of the other like um recent MCU movies like even though it did like the events you know did affect all of Wakanda and there was like a little bit of you know globe hopping when they go to South Korea and stuff mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it really felt like each character had a strong personal stake in the events and it wasn't like the same level of like world ending calamity <laughs> kind of thing that we've had lately and I I think that was a really great choice for this movie and these characters in particular. Um, and like you were mentioning with like how Wakanda was character in itself, like, um, you know, I have read a bit of um, Marvel comics, not too many, but like Wakanda is a very central um, thing in there. And to be able to like translate it so well into um, the movie and introduce it to the audience and as well as, you know, totally illustrating how the characters relate to um, their homeland and how they feel about it and everything was, um, it was just a really great, um, it was a great focus for this, this film. And I think it, I think it will serve, you know, as, you know, the introduction to Wakanda and the characters and everything into the MCU really well. But I did love how it was, um, you know, probably one of the most standalone of the MCU movies that we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on the Wakanda stuff later. Um, there was a couple of things that bugged me about it. Not not that it was bad, um, but before I get to that, I just again like when we're talking about the things we loved about the movie, um, it was really topical and real. And like when you come when it comes to real world politics, I can't think of any other uh, Marvel or even superhero film like you know a lot of Nolan's movies. Uh, Dark Knight uh, and Dark Knight Rises, like they dealt with some ideas, like you know the last one we had kind of some of the I think that was around like the Occupy mm-hmm, movement, yeah. like the one percent, mm-hmm. and you know Catwoman was kind of giving her little speech. Um, but this one, like at the end, I was like, wow, this is kind of a big fuck you to Trump's America. <laughs> like um, some of yeah. the things that they talk about and the way that they treat it when you're talking about you know is 
is what responsibility does a nation like this have to help the rest of the world? Um, you know, even leaving aside some of the uh, racial issues that they get into, the more personal politics, just that kind of broad, um, that yeah, that broad responsibility that they touch on uh, was a really good message, and I think like super important right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought that that part of it was also really exciting, just because like we've had so many stories of like these individual heroes and how they relate to you know the people in their communities, the people that they protect. Um, you know, the stuff that, that sort of thing has been central in like in the Captain America movies. It was in Spider Man Homecoming. Um, it's been in Thor. Like we've had that story a lot. Like I thought it was a really neat um, turn when they focused on how this nation um, would work for the betterment of the world, not just the you know the guy in the mask um, s- saving everyone. It was a really um, nice way of you know, kind of expanding the scope of, um, you know, of these MCU origin stories um, beyond just the one single character. I want to I want to get deeper into uh, Wakanda and Killmonger, um, just because I kind of eventually want to branch into some of the things that didn't work for me in the movie. There wasn't a lot of them, but I think it's important to address them. Um, Justin, you mentioned Wakanda, like how. Uh, how good a job they did kind of setting it up and making it feel like this really distinct place in the universe. And I agree to an extent, but I had some, I guess, small issues with how it was presented. And this might just be like, I missed something or kind of a personal uh, quabble, but I didn't get a huge sense of like how many people are in Wakanda. The city itself looked huge and massive and like it would be home to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, but then, like, at the end, I, I felt like that was a fight for the country, and it felt like that final battle was a smaller group of people, and I don't know if that was just because it's these very small groups of warriors, um, or if, like, you know, the, the shots of people walking around in the streets, it was also, they were pretty tight in, like, it was a shot of, uh, T'Challa and, um, his, you know, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character. Nakia, I think. Nakia, thank you. Yeah. Um, the two of them, but again, like just some of those shots felt very close, and I didn't get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they just could have done a better job to give some huge panning shots and <laughs> a better setup. Like you know, what's life in this city? Like what are people doing? Um, you know, the interiors of the buildings, the tribal council meeting room was pretty small. You're talking twenty, thirty people. I just, I don't feel like I really know how many people are in there and you know you don't really get a sense of how big the country is right uh, at all i I mean mean, they have shots they had shots of like out of you know villages outside the city but then you're like i don't really know how big this is in relation to but then half the people in those farms are in the final battle (laughs) 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 so um yeah from a style and aesthetic perspective for sure i think they nailed it um i just could have used a little bit more uh, development there and I think that just that issue goes to some of my other complaints with the movie that some things I think were a little bit rushed and they didn't need to be because a lot of times these movies are padded out and I could think of like okay they didn't need to spend that much time with this but with this movie I felt like every single scene and every single shot had a purpose and I actually wouldn't have minded if it was like 20 minutes longer um, especially when it comes to Killmonger, just giving him a little bit more room to breathe. Uh, you know, the opening setup and his motivations are really well done. But the latter half of the movie, I feel like that turn, uh, and then him taking the throne and Ch- T'Challa coming back, 
Uh, it just happens very quick, and I would have liked to see a little bit more of him kind of, you know, being in charge of Wakanda and how that affects the other people around him. Um, and and we would have gotten to explore his character a little more while I'm doing so. so. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I don't know, what, does you guys feel the same way? Yeah, that's that stuff's fair. Um, yeah, um, the like the sense of you know size of Wakanda and like the like big battle also seeming like you know just kind of the handful of warriors <laughs> thing was was something that stood out to me too. Um, and I, w- I would love to see more Kill- Killmonger as well because I thought he was a really compelling mm-hmm. character. The yeah. Oh, sorry, right, just quickly, I was going to say, like, as as much as I liked Claw, I feel like they could have removed, made him have a lesser role in order to give Killmonger kind of more time because it, it was like he was the villain. Claw was the villain in the first, you know, 30, mm-hmm. 45 minutes, and then it kind of transitioned over to Killmonger. But by that point, they were like, oh, you know, we only have like an hour and fifteen minutes to finish the story, so they yeah. it did feel like they needed to go a little quickly. And I do agree, I would have liked to see a little more Killmonger uh, in the in the film. But I think they did a really good job with the flashbacks. Uh, whenever yeah. they bury him in the sand or dirt or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they had the flashback with his dad uh, in Oakland or whatever, and I thought that scene was really, really well done to like give him more purpose as a character. I loved so. those scenes, um, the, the ancestral plane, I think they called it, and I yes, uh, I don't even know if it was much as a flashback. Like for me, it was uh, you know T'Challa was visiting this place and able to communicate. Um, with, you know, the past Black Panthers or the sure. Panther gods, like all of them in the tree and his father. And I found it really interesting. And again, I don't know if it was intentional. This is my interpretation. Um, when Eric goes there, he doesn't get to be in Wakanda. He doesn't get to be in that field with all the, the previous ones. Like, even though he, at this point, he's assumed the mantle of Black Panther, he defeated him. He's still sent back to that apartment in Oakland. Um, mm-hmm. And his father tells him, "I'm sorry, but you're just you're you're lost." Yeah. Uh, and I thought the exchange between them, uh, you know, acting aside, was just really powerful uh, and really struck me. Really tragic. That's when I first started to really identify um, with his character. I think, which was a big reason. Um, and I've spoken about this before. I think uh, maybe on this podcast, but the best MCU villains for me are the ones with really personal connections to the heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about like Loki and Thor, or uh, you know. Michael Keaton's Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming, the connection he has to Peter there through Liz. Um, and uh, Ego in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, like, all of these, just, I think, having that little extra motivation and those personal connections um, make everything more interesting and uh, less black and white, I guess, than something like uh, Hela in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Well, I, I guess she's... Mm-hmm. Related to him too. It, it that one I don't think uh, was done quite as well, but mm. I don't want to get too much into Thor here. But yeah, I, I, I loved what they did with Killmonger, and I agree. I don't know if it was a flaw of the movie that he wasn't on screen as much. I just I, maybe it's just because he was so good and so interesting that I just want I, more. <laughs> the, yeah, that final line that Killmonger has, though, I think might be the best. Like single line in the mcu like that was such like a gut punch of a line mm-hmm. um like the like that part will stick with me for a long time like that was um like with him and t'challa looking out over the 
mm-hmm. out over Wakanda. And I can't, I can't remember verbatim, but it, what was it? Um, when T'Challa says yeah. they could heal him, um, and he's like, uh, why? So you could lock me back up, bury me in the ocean, mm-hmm. uh, where my ancestors jumped off the boats so to, um, because they knew that death was better than bondage, something like that. Yeah. Um, like, that was the point that, like, really solidified this as, like, one of the top MCU movies for me because, like, the movie has a sense of, like, it knows what it represents to a lot of people. Um, it knows what Wakanda represents. It knows what it represents to, um, you know, kids that are going to be watching it, to mm. black filmmakers. Um, and it has it has that knowledge and integrates it so well into the actual narrative um, and the characterization and stuff. And that's the one thing that really, really impressed me. Like, it all felt natural, but, like, the movie never forgot um, what kind of importance it's going to have. Not, not like, in a within-the-MCU kind of thing, but within the broader cultural sense. And I I loved um, that about it. And obviously, all you know, all the focus has been on the you know the, the black cast and the soundtrack, um, you know, like the the music influence and stuff like that. But I think what I, I really loved and what even my girlfriend loved, she mentioned when we got out of the theater, was the women in this movie. It's oh, the women probably, were awesome. Yeah, they like, were there's all. There's not a single weak link there. Uh, you know, Shuri's just. Uh, I think I read someone say she's technically the smartest person in the MCU right now. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Know. I, I think I think I think I think she she would be yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, all of them across the board, especially uh, Denai Guerrero's um, scenes, the <laughs> the one in the club where she throws the wig and uses the spear, and <laughs> I love that take too. That was uh, I was waiting for something like that because uh, Ryan Coogler did some of that stuff in Creed. Um, but there was a really nice kind of single continuous shot from up there down below, uh, and then kind of back up to the second balcony. Um, the audience went nuts in my <laughs> in in my showing when she pulled off the wig. <laughs> yeah, Gosh, that was an awesome scene. And I loved the car chase too. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was great. But yeah, uh, the women were just fantastic in that movie. All of them were really, really badass and really awesome. So, and I loved how much like screen time they had too. Like. T'Challa was almost always with at least one of them. Um, yeah, they didn't feel like sidekicks. They just felt like then, a posse like, yeah, of they, ass kickers. Like, it was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you guys ever feel like um, Chadwick Boseman was kind of almost... Uh, not overlooked, but did you feel like uh, maybe the strength of the supporting cast almost overshadowed him at times? Or it could just be the nature of his character. You know, he's a little bit more subdued than someone like Tony Stark. I, I don't know if they overshadowed him, but, like, I did like how... Because in, in in some of these movies, it's like almost every frame has the lead in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, this allowed us to kind of get a sense of the importance of T'Challa outside of two other people, to Wakanda, um, outside of it. Like, they didn't um, rush through, like, them finding him after he was beaten by Killmonger and mm-hmm. the challenge as fast as a lot of movies would. 
Um, normally, like, you know, maybe there'd be a scene or two and then it would flash to, like, him waking up in the river or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, they actually let, you know, the women's story play out, um, for a little bit, um, in, in the, in the, in the city. And I, I I loved that. Like, they really did, um, they allowed those characters to exist outside of T'Challa, but they also really fleshed him as a character out and, you know, added to the scenes that you know, he was in and interacting with them. So I thought that was great. And uh, the other thing I love was the ending of the movie. Um, again, it just, when I talked before about, uh, you know, we talked about the importance of the, you know, not only what this movie is doing for women and for people of color, but uh, I think the ending was just really touching when he went back to the apartments um, and basically trying to make amends for what his father did. And, and then the, uh, I found it a little funny that uh, an African nation is doing an outreach program uh, in the United States. <laughs> I Again, I just love that they had the boldness to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it worked really well in the movie. And it was a very inspiring message, a very uplifting uh, ending. And I felt like it meant something. A lot of times um, these movies kind of end. It's like, oh, you know, that was fun. <laughs> and then at the end he had the press conference. And one of his lines he said was, uh, instead of building walls, we're going to build bridges, yeah. which was another kind of, <laughs> which I thought was Yeah, because <laughs> the whole point was they were hiding and they were mm-hmm. keeping mm-hmm. everybody out for so long. Yeah. And then they realized they could do so much good. Like, I, I, I loved that, um, you know, because there's been, like, people saying stuff like Killmonger was right and stuff like that. Like, they really did take, you know, what he was saying and then, you know, just made it be more, you know, heroic and, like, worldly pleasant uh, way of doing it. Like, um, it wasn't like they just... It wasn't... Because sometimes when they have, you know, villains that have a point, they kind of still throw them out anyway because they're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, it still felt like Killmonger had, like, an impact and a legacy um, and was kind of successful, Um but just with, you know, a different um, mm-hmm. end point. Yeah, he definitely had a big effect on T'Challa's, like, decision to extend help to, you know, other <laughs> nations, which is the point of the, like, which is how the movie ended, which is great. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, to me, the point of it was that he was basically right. <laughs> he just needed to, like, take it down two notches. It was a little too extreme. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, I I remember the the scene that really struck me was after uh, they finished the fight kind of on the the train down below uh, when he gets stabbed and they're both kind of just sitting there. And, uh, you know, again, Michael B. Jordan's acting just really helped sell that character. And, you know, he had tears coming down his face and like, oh, man, I just I really empathized with him. Like, I really felt his pain. And. It's just, oh, I, that's, you know, as much as I like the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming, I didn't get that same emotional impact that I did from this movie. Yeah, you feel bad yeah. when he died, because mm-hmm. he was like, you, you kind of relate to him, and, you know, he had really, had a really hard life, you know, up to that point, and it was, I don't know, you really relate to that character, and it pains you to see him go, even though he's the villain of the movie. But... Part of me almost was like, oh, are they going to do something where they redeem him and bring him back Mm. later? But, you know. Well, I think that's also part of why that final line was so, like, impactful. It really seemed like they were going to try to find a way to, like, 
have him be like some kind of like a sidekick to Black Panther mm-hmm. or something like in the long run, but it, it would have lost its impact a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to talk quickly about something that wasn't in the movie and that was the last infinity stone. Uh, there was basically no setup for infinity war in this one. I think to the strength of the movie, um, but I'm yeah, just, like I'm just curious, you guys, like because I think everyone had kind of had the impression from the trailer that there's a big battle going on in Wakanda and that it's probably to do with the stone. Um, I, I guess I'm trying to bridge now the conversation from this movie to how we get into Infinity War. How do you guys think those two are going to link up? Uh, looks like in the trailer we've got Cap um, and Bucky kind of in Wakanda, and then maybe another team in New York. Um, and we saw the sorry the post credit scene or post post credit scene from this one we see Bucky waking up which i thought was kind of a cool little uh a little easter egg yeah it that was that was a nice scene but like it also was kind of, like they kind of did it as if it was a big reveal it's like well we already knew Bucky was in Wakanda like, it was it was more like well, a, a reminder in case you before. forgot there, there's like two people out there who never uh sat through the um uh well, where did he go in there civil war yeah, it, so, they never sat through those end credits, and then they saw this one, and it blew their mind. <laughs> they're like, "What? How is that?" <laughs> I guess that is kind of weird. So they both uh, both parts of that story were both post credit scenes. I did think the press conference should have been in the movie. I thought that was a really important moment for them to kind of come out to the world. I feel like they almost just separated it because it was such a good like mm-hmm. moment to end on that they ended and started the credits for. Yeah. Like also, it would have been a was a good end moment for the UN conference. So I think it was just oh, we can't decide between which one of these to actually be the final scene and then put both in. It worked, definitely. But yeah, as far as as far as uh, Infinity War, I think it's going to start in. I, I got the feeling it's going to start in Wakanda with Bucky somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to get to the conflict though. Like I have no idea how they're going to do that because there's. You're right. They need. They still have an Infinity Stone that we need to figure out what's going on with it. I don't know. Do you guys think? Um, let's let's say they do a sequel for Black Panther. I don't think one's been announced yet, but it's. Uh, I should mention it. Um, actual numbers came in, and it's going to clear 200 million for a three-day weekend. Um, They're going to do a sequel. Isn't it like <laughs> over 230 or something for the four-day? Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's it's about four hundred thousand shy of the Force Awakens first Sunday, which oh, is just insane. So yeah, no, we're getting a sequel. Um, yeah, would you, guys, it's, would you want to see no it? It's not <laughs> happening. I would be down for a sequel. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Would you want to see it kind of like this, where it's um, isolated to Wakanda, or you know, I feel like the trend with Marvel movies has been with sequels to team them up. Uh, we got yeah. Tony and Spider-Man and Homecoming, uh, mm-hmm. Thor and Hulk and Ragnarok, uh, Winter Soldier, we had Cap and Black Widow, uh, and then to an extent Sam. Um, so would you guys rather them keep it focused on Wakanda and keep it focused on this core supporting cast, or would you want to see uh, T'Challa start interacting with maybe one or two other characters and have them expand the scope? I mean, I think we'll kind of have to see how, like, Infinity War and stuff That's a good play point. out. Because <laughs> if they're all dead. Uh, yeah, there, <laughs> there could be quite a few changes mm-hmm. cast-wise and, you know, location-wise based off of what goes down um, in the next couple of Avengers movies. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
I, I think, you know, if there is going to be some kind of, like, team up or crossover, they might start, you know, bi- starting that, like, planting the little seeds of, like, that relationship, like, throughout Infinity War and um, Avengers 4 and everything. I know I everybody's would... sick... Okay. No, I was going to say, I know everybody's sick of Tony Stark, but I need a scene of him and Shuri uh, talking yeah. to each other where she yes. basically just laughs at oh, his that... tech and says, oh, this is cute. <laughs> <laughs> that that better be in Infinity War. Like I want that so bad. She is she in the movie? I know um, a couple of them are. I don't know everyone who's confirmed for it. I have to assume she is, especially if some of it takes place in Wakanda. I mean, we only really have. I, I'm not one of those people that I don't like. You know, pulling apart every frame of the trailers. Mm-hmm. I try to limit watching trailers, even. Um, even though I see everything <laughs> in theaters, like it gets hard when they're on the movie screen. Um, but, um, like when that whole, like Wakandan, you know, forces getting together with Cap and Bucky and everything, like she would have to be there. Like, I can't see any reason mm-hmm. she wouldn't be. I waited my entire life for this. The world's going to start over. I'm going to burn it all. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. Is there anything else you guys wanted to uh, mention? Um, I'll just say that if they do a second one, I kind of don't want them to team up because I think the cast that they have in the first one is super good, and I kind of want to see more of that almost. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, it's so good. There's so many good characters they've introduced in this movie that's surprising because a lot of the other MCU movies, you get like the the hero and maybe one other person, like with Captain America and Bucky, for example. Mm-hmm. But in Black Panther, like every single character, I'm like, yep, want to see more of her, want to see more of her, want to see more of him. Uh, so you know, I almost feel like a sequel if they do a team up. Like I'll just get less Denai Guerrero, and I'll get <laughs> yeah. less, you yeah. know, Shuri, or you know, I don't know. That's my feeling, but and I- Mbaku. I mean, he was great in that movie. He, he, he was, was a surprise. He was awesome. I, he was I, a surprise. I really enjoyed him. I loved him. He was funny. <laughs> yeah, the uh, what was the line he said about being a vegetarian? And then I just loved it. Oh, he's like, oh, I'll feed, I'm going to feed you to my children. <laughs> and then he, like, frees up. He's like, we're vegetarian. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the timing. The jokes in this were, I thought, really well handled. Um almost like Civil War or Winter Soldier. I felt like the Russos really nailed the balance between uh, serious and comedy. And I think this one um, kind of had that same good balance. Obviously, something like Thor Ragnarok by nature can go a little goofier and sillier. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I loved the gag during the car chase when you know the car gets destroyed. Um, we follow her flipping over it, and then it's like, oh, well, what happened to Naki? And she's just like holding the steering wheel, just going like on the chair down the road. Was, was that no car problem. made of vibranium, or was that know. just a? Uh, what was the ad they did? I can't remember. I, the tallest car was vibranium. I don't know. I think they okay. just grabbed a random car. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, unless you guys have anything else, I'll probably go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, just the one, like, criticism I think I had of mm-hmm. the movie is I thought, like, some of the bigger action scenes were a bit weak compared to some of the recent, like, MCU movies. Like, mm-hmm. I really liked the, like, personal one-on-one fights. Like, you could kind of see, like, some of, 
you know, the Creed experience coming through with um, mm-hmm. both Michael B. Jordan and, you know, from Coogler's perspective. Like, kind of the duel they had in the end. Was really- yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, like, some of the bigger fights just didn't have quite the same impact as I was hoping they would, which was a bit of a bummer. Like, and I, but I think it was also less important to this movie than it would be mm-hmm. for other MCU movies. Um, and also, like, I don't know if it was just you know where I was seeing it, but the CG seemed weak at times compared to some other recent MCU movies, and it just like it to the point where it just stood out to me, which I thought was odd. Um, yeah, there were there were parts. That that? Did, yeah, the CG did, did seem a little weak. Because there was one part in particular, like, in the casino fight where, um, you know, T'Challa jumps from, like, the first floor up to the second floor Mm -hmm. um, after Claw. He's not in the suit or anything. There's, like, a really obvious transition to, like, a CG model of him, Mm -hmm. like, teleporting up a floor (laughs) and then transitioning back. Like Ma- um, Matrix Neo on the pole. Yeah, spinning like, around. that was the comparison I was going to like, make. It, like, it, it was just odd because, like, the MCU movies have, you know, had great mm-hmm. effects work lately. Um, and this didn't have a lower budget or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the parts really, that yeah, stuck out to I, me... I didn't know if anybody else noticed that as well. Like, well, like I said, I think it's less important to this movie than it would be for other MCU movies. So, like, it's a mm-hmm. very minor complaint. Um, compared to everything they nailed. I didn't notice it in the casino. I did notice, I felt like the fights at the waterfall, the green screening, um, like, kind of behind the waterfall, like, the backdrops uh, were a little, I don't know if it was the color grading, or something just felt a little bit off between what was behind them and the characters themselves, and even some of the crowd kind of up on the waterfall. It was just a little, again, like, not, I don't think, to really to the detriment of the movie, but that part stuck out to me. Um, and some of the animations, like you said, I noticed. I was rewatching Civil War recently, and there's a couple parts where uh, there's one where Black Panther and Cap uh, are kind of engaged in a chase, and they drop down. And it's like it's a really hard thing to describe in words, but it's the animation, like kind of the impact when they land. Um, there's a very fine line between getting that weight and feel right when someone uh, hits the ground, and it's almost a little too quick and video gamey there, and I felt like that in yeah. some parts in this movie, the animation just wasn't quite off. Like, the arm movements, the leg movements, the body, just it didn't quite have that physical presence that it should. No. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what I noticed. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's fair. I think that's kind of what I noticed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, honestly, like most of the complaints I've seen are about like the final fight with the train and stuff, and I didn't think that was actually as bad as some yeah, of that, the... Yeah, that part was fine. I thought, like, yeah. a lot... All the suit stuff was good. Um... The suit stuff was interesting. They changed it a lot um, from the from Civil War. They, did they actually get yeah. rid of the, blue, the white eyes completely? Oh, I did. I don't know. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Um, but I, I, I just liked the way, like, it would pulse with the kinetic... Mm-hmm. Uh, the kinetic energy, like upon the points of impact, like that, that kind of led to a cool continuity between the fights before you know he let it out because mm-hmm. you could kind of see every place he had been hit over the course of the fight. That was that was a really neat, um, neat <laughs> detail. Yeah, it was cool how they did that. I thought the and I I was actually surprised. I was from the trailers. I was like, oh my god, here we go again with the villain who's kind of a carbon copy of the the main one, but that really didn't bother me at all in the movie. I thought they did a good job. Um, no, it, it, it worked really well. And like, 
the scene where he gets like the Black Panther powers and then mm-hmm. like burns the <laughs> the plants and everything was <laughs> yeah. super cool. Like like those scenes were really impactful, and I think it mm-hmm. it felt a lot more earned than. Like, oh, turns out this person has the same suit as you, and you didn't know it. Like, the fact that, you know, he actually had become Black Panther well, and become king and everything was... It's like the opposite um, of Jeff Bridges and Iron Man, with the, what they call him, yeah. Iron Monger or something like that. Like, he wanted to be Iron Man, basically. He wanted that power. And I felt like uh, Killmonger said, fuck it, like, I want to get rid of everything. I want to start over, burn it all down. Um, so, you know, the suit was just a means to an end for him, really. I think, rather than something he was trying to attain or aspire to, which helped differentiate it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, well, I think we've uh, pretty much exhausted it. Uh, I just got in from a uh, nice little vacation, so i got to get some stuff ready and back to the grind at work tomorrow. Um, All right. Just, but, just one, one thing I wanted yeah. to say is, like, there was a lot of... Um, it was really cool to see some of the reactions to this movie as I was on my way out. Like the theater we went to did have a lot of, um, a pretty large black audience at it. We were, we were at one of the early showings and like walking out, you know, there's this one little kid that was really amped. Uh, this little girl that was talking about how cool she thought, uh, Shuri was. Um, and then even some like older guys, like high-fiving each other and like <laughs> really cheering and stuff. But, like, it was really cool. It's been a while since I've seen, um, just such earnest, like, excited reactions to a movie like that. Um, just, ma- just made me smile. It's like, that's what I think, like, big blockbuster movies should do for people. It's an event movie, right? Like, it's not just another release. And yeah, I th- agree. Th- this, this one, like, it feels like an event in a way that they haven't for a while. Um, like, probably, yeah, like, an event like Star Wars or, like, Avatar. You know, yeah. maybe not with the total box office of those, but... Um, yeah, like you said, something that people were going out and dressing up as, like my coworker showed up and like Wakandans inspired attire, like t-shirt <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, like the really loud visual, um, palette. And yeah, I'm in a very, uh, basically Canadian Texas, like a, a super, <laughs> a super white part of Canada. And I think almost every black person here was probably at the theater. There was a good, uh, good amount of diversity in the crowd. So yeah, it's just awesome to see people um come out and support it and be rewarded they had a really good story on the news too there was a family here that adopted a a kid from uh, i think it was from congo or something like that and you know they're like oh you know he loves the mcu but uh he always asks you know mommy why don't they look like me why do all these people look like you and then um just for people to see it's one of those things that the people who say it doesn't matter have never experienced it because Mm -hmm. it does matter right especially when you're a kid a big part of that power fantasy is being able to see yourself in that suit or see yourself be these heroes. And when you can't look in the mirror and feel like you can imagine yourself being that person, um, that takes a big part of that away. So it's just great to see something like this exist and that it's so successful and turned out so well. And then I think I, I mentioned this um, when we were talking on Twitter earlier, but like, at one point in the movie, I realized, I'm like, oh, I love all these actors, but I never get to see them together in anything. Right, Because yeah. usually they're one of the only, like, people of color in the entire cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's part of why, like, this cast was really fun to see. Um, on top of the fact that they all had great characters and nailed the performances <laughs> and everything. Um, it was just we don't get to see these actors together. 
Can um, I just say much. I feel bad for Forrest Whitaker because I feel like the last two things I really saw in it like this were Rogue <laughs> One and this movie, and both of them just kind of kill him halfway through. So it'd be nice <laughs> if someone yeah. could just let him live and like maybe we'll, get to, maybe we'll get to see him in another movie. <laughs> let him live to a sequel, maybe. Yeah. Oh, poor Forrest Whitaker. Give him that yawning yeah, send off yeah, or something just like been that. Kind of old, tired guy in the past yeah. few movies. <laughs> That dies like halfway through. The, yeah, the, the mentor to kind of inspire the hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Okay, well, thanks for coming on, guys. Absolutely. Thanks for appreciate me, you man. holding back your thoughts. And I know it was like a struggle for me not to just go and uh, talk about this movie everywhere, but uh, <laughs> really something I wanted to just discuss with people who've seen it because I don't really feel like just saying, oh, it's a great movie, does it justice? Um, so yeah, it was fun having both of you on. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, thank me again. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And if you haven't seen Black Panther, go see Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> the check is going to clear soon. Listen to us go through everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's still still worth seeing, even if you're spoiled. Uh, before we go, uh, do you guys want to give yourself a plug uh, for Twitter? Or, uh, Chris, you've got your, uh, your other podcast that you do. You want to give that a shout-out? Uh, I'll just give a shout-out to my Twitter. People can find me there. I'm at Time of Chris on the Twitter. So go look me up. <laughs> Um, I'm at RoboPlato, uh, like the philosopher, on, um, on Twitter. You can follow me there. I talk about games and movies a lot. <laughs> and I'm at BananaFactory87 on Twitter. And you can follow the official show account at Paused4Popcorn. That's the number four, uh, because Twitter handles are all taken up. And I don't want to pay two hundred dollars for the rights to one. Um, as for the uh, how much would Jeff cost? Like, just Jeff. Jeff. I actually how haven't looked Jeff? to see who has the Jeff account. <laughs> I will look into that and uh, see what the cost is to acquire it. Maybe once the SDGC gets sponsored, uh, that'll be our first endeavors to go out and buy up some of those um, But as for the show, you guys can catch us monthly-ish. Uh, we used to be a weekly podcast and. I discovered that I just don't have the time for that. So uh, I think what we're going to do is we'll show up, you know, every few weeks, maybe once a month. Um, we do things like film reviews like we did for Black Panther. We might do some retrospectives where we go back and watch old movies. Uh, and we might do some topical shows uh, where we just talk about maybe one or two current events or something like that. If something's really big in the news that we feel like discussing. Uh, so you can go and follow uh, the show account I mentioned. You could follow at official SDGC on Twitter. Um, that's our Super Deformed Gamescast account, which is what hosts all of our content here on Twitch, uh, as well as on YouTube. We'll be posting our archive videos as well. Um, but otherwise, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. And thanks again, Chris and Justin, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, take care. You will not be able to stay home, brother. To plug in, turn on, and cop out. What's on that forever? The revolution will not be televised. Let's have some fun.